1: Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, June 8th. I am Jill Schlesinger, your host, your hostess, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, all around nice gal sometimes. And I am joined by my executive producer, Mark Telercio. Mark is also a certified financial planner. So Mark, let's get that voice out there. Let's hear it. I'm here. I exist. You'll be hearing more of me on this uh podcast. on this podcast. Yeah. So we have a couple of other shows where Mark has remained uh, in the shadows. So people think that I have made him up. So we decided for this new podcast, which is focused on you, on your financial questions, that we would bring Mark into the limelight. Basically, I don't want to work so hard. And by having him do some of the work, I can chill a little bit. That's what it takes when you have three different shows running concurrently. So we have this show, Eye on Money. I've got the Jill on Money podcast. And we also have the Jill on Money radio show. In addition, I'm also on the air on CBS television. And how do I do all these different things? Because I have Mark. And Mark helps me do everything I do. He manages my life. He posts everything on the JillOnMoney.com website. He, He makes it all happen. He also is the master of the email account. So if you have a financial question, we want to hear from you. And it has to be kind of something remotely connected to money. It doesn't have to be a specific question about investments, but it could be. It could be about your cash flow, how money comes in and out. It could be about education funding. It could be about paying down debt, your student loans. It could also have something to do with retirement planning. Maybe you've got a question about housing. We've been getting a ton of questions about that. Whatever it is, again, if it's anything remotely having to do with a financial matter, with a dollar sign, send us an email. You ready for the email address? It's very easy. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. You'll also hear me talk about our website, which is conveniently called JillOnMoney.com. And if you're on our website, you can read all the stuff that I write. You can listen to all these different shows that I create with Mark. And we have a free weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday. So go to JillOnMoney.com and you can bookmark that page. And also, while you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. If you're muddling around that site, you'll notice we've got a contact button. It's in the upper right hand corner. If you hit that contact button, well, we'll just get your email and it's fantastic. Now, there's one other feature of this show that's kind of a little bit of like the old school meets new school. This is a podcast. We get it. We know. But we come, Mark and I come from the world of spoken word terrestrial radio, meaning we got our start together creating this radio show. And we used to get callers that would come on the air with us. We loved it. So Mark brought us into the 21st century amid the pandemic and figured out a great way that we could have you join us on the program to ask your question yourselves. And so if you have a financial question and you'd like to ask it yourself, all you need to do is use that email address, askjill at jillonmoney.com. Tell us I want to come on the air live with you guys and Mark does the rest. That's what Emily did. She is on the line from North Carolina. Hey Emily, welcome to the very first listener question on the Eye on Money podcast.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm a huge fan. I've read your book 3 times. So 3
1: times. That seems two more than necessary.
0: Well you go back and you find stuff that uh oh I didn't I didn't read that correctly or I you know I need Aunt Jill to tell me again
1: <laughs> that oh, I should <laughs> I really appreciate that. That's that is really nice. All right, Emily from North Carolina. What's going on? How can we help you out?
0: Yeah, so uh a little context on my situation. I am thirty years old. I just married my husband last May, um, and he is thirty
1: five. Wait a minute, you got married during the pandemic?
0: Uh, Yes, our wedding went from 200 people to 17.
1: (laughs) Um, How much money did you save? That sounds kind of fabulous.
0: Uh, Yeah, actually, that is our entire emergency savings right now, which is great.
1: (laughs) Now, wait, in retrospect, are you happier having the emergency savings or would you rather have had the big party?
0: Oh, I am completely happy. There were a lot of tears leading up to that day, but it, it happened perfectly. And in retrospect, I would go back and do it exactly as it happened.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. People of non-gender specific origin, please listen to Emily and know that you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a wedding. You, in fact, could come out of that ceremony with a big chunk of money in savings. So congratulations and thank you for being a spokesperson for the unromantic way of getting married, which is small family, save the money. Okay, keep going.
0: Yes, so our first year of marriage um from May to May of this from May of last year to May of this year. Uh we spent, you know, a good portion of our time and effort just throwing any money we had towards our debt. And so we paid off about $35,000 over the course of that year. So we are now debt-free, which is- um,
1: Holy smokes. Congratulations. Was that debt, was it mostly uh, student loans or other forms of debt?
0: Yeah. So my husband and I were both, um, I was on an athletic scholarship and his parents paid for his education. So we didn't have any student loans, thankfully. It was- um, two car loans, um, a credit card bill, and then a couple medical bills.
1: What was your sport?
0: I was rowing. I rode at Duke. <laughs>
1: Whoa, that's serious. Mark, that is a serious, you know, the, how they talk about crew. They say, oh, you know, it's a total team sport. I'm tall and I played soccer in college. And so the crew coach kind of spy, I spy Jill and she comes over to me and she goes, oh, have you ever thought about rowing crew? And I said, oh yeah, those are the people who do like double and triple workouts and there's no star of the team. She goes, right, exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Okay. So Emily, the rower, tell me more, what else happened after you saved all this? money and paid down all your debt.
0: Yeah. So that we that's why I'm, I'm coming to you. I guess a little bit more about our situation with our, my husband and I both work for our local state university um, and I have a side hustle. So our combined gross income is about $120,000. Awesome. Um, and after all bills and necessities are paid for, we, we adjusted our budget a little bit after we paid off our debt to have a little bit more fun, but we have about $1,500 left over each month. Hmm. Um, so we're kind of wondering, what do we do with that money?
1: So you, you both work for a state system. Does that mean that you are both paying into a pension right now?
0: Yes. So okay. my husband has been working for the state um, for the same institution for eight years. So he is fully vested. It's five years for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and he will likely be um, a lifer in the state system. Um, he loves working at our university and I can just see him doing this forever. I however will likely make a career change once I'm fully vested. I just I don't want to leave that money on the table and so I have two years left. I'm just gonna stick it out and then I'll probably do a career change.
1: Okay, so in addition to paying into the pension, do you also contribute to another retirement account? Uh, probably I guess a 457 plan for you guys?
0: We do not. We both have our own Roth IRAs though.
1: Okay. So you put money in the pension and then you both are maxing out your Roth IRAs at six grand a year. We
0: aren't right now. And that was kind of one part of the question. Um, My husband has his own Roth IRA. He's been contributing just a hundred dollars a month, just kind of a set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. Um, I opened my Roth IRA after I transitioned job. I switched state institutions, but went from one state to another. And so because I wasn't vested, I had to take that money with me. And so I just threw it in a Roth IRA just to have it somewhere. But I haven't been contributing to that because I was throwing any extra cash towards the debt.
1: Okay. So is there anything else that is going on that needs attention? Is there, you know, you said you've got money in your savings account. How much money do you have there?
0: We have about 10 grand, again, thanks to not having a wedding reception. Um, That for us is probably about three months of expenses. So based on the third reading of your book, I know I need to bump that up to about six months. Um, So that'll be priority number one.
1: Right. Although, I mean, listen, as state employees that are fairly secure, I would imagine that it's not terrible in many respects that you have a little bit light. But again, if you want to make a transition, we would like you to get a little more money in there. So you've got this $1,500 a month. You got the savings. Um, What about where are you living? Are you renting?
0: So we own our side of a duplex. Um, The other side is owned by his best friend. And so (laughs) it works really well.
1: You plan on staying there for a while and how much is it worth and what's the mortgage, et cetera?
0: Yeah. So it's worth about $150,000 and we have $120,000 left on the mortgage, Mm-hmm. We will probably be in the house for another three to five years. Um, we'd like to move into kind of a single family home at some point, but that will coincide more with when we plan on starting a family. and And we've decided we're going to put that off for at least three to five more years.
1: I like you guys are pretty like you're in it. I could tell you, rogue crew. There's no <laughs> messing around. She's getting on that erg, and she is working it. ok. So here's my here are my thoughts. I like the idea that you're staying at this job until you have that vesting. I think that's incredibly important. You know, we're not saying you've got to stay in there for 18 more years, as you said, a couple of years, and then you figure it out and go forward. I think that with $1,500 a month, I would ideally like you guys to put money towards the the emergency reserve fund, as you said, you probably need closer to 20 grand. So that'll be if you put your $1,500 a month, and you just kind of, eh, even if you don't want it to do a little bit of times, you want to do $1,000 a month into emergency reserve fund, you'll get that done pretty much, you know, by the end of the first quarter. And then uh, the $500 a month, it will go into A Roth IRA. When your emergency reserve fund is completely topped off, you will both max out your Roth IRAs. That's what I would do. And the only issue that you want to keep in mind is that if all of a sudden, you know, it's working and you've got even more money, I think that you're going to likely need a little, how can I say it, a little slush fund for the next home. Obviously, if you've got three to five years, I think that. Your three-year game plan is at the end of these three years, you're going to want to have that emergency reserve fund, sacrosanct, six months, very boring, savings checking, high-yield money market. You can search around for a good deal, but that really cannot be invested. Then you guys are going to max out your Roth IRAs. Where do you hold your Roths right now?
0: Uh, He is with... I think Franklin Templeton um, and I am with a company called Elevest.
1: Um Yeah. Sally Krawchecks. She's been mm-hmm. on the pod. Without being um, blunt and uh, too pushy, like Franklin Templeton, completely not necessary. What would be great for him is just to open a Vanguard account, Tiro Price, Fidelity, a low-cost option. If you want to stick with Elevest, that's fine. If you both want to be in a low-cost option – Really, just want to keep it simple. Just ideally, you want to have a couple of index funds, build that up, keep going, and you know, kind of put that on autopilot as well. I think that would be really helpful. So you get those few things done and then saving up a little bit extra money to account for the fact that when you move, presuming this duplex does actually continue to increase in value, you're probably going to need to spend more money on a single family dwelling. So you're going to need a little extra money. And so I think that that's probably what I would suggest. I think that you're in really good shape. I mean, you're tracking the money, you're getting going, and I think you're absolutely right. It is so important that you have some fun along the way. No one wants to live um, under lockdown conditions for the rest of your life. I'm happy that everyone's saving. I'm happy you're saved. But you also have to be very content with just having some fun and doing your, your fun stuff You don't want to be like on a constant diet. You want to be able to have a piece of cake every so often. Right.
0: Right. Right. Can I ask one more question?
1: You can ask two more.
0: (laughs) So the one thing I love calling into your show, but I, or I love your show, but I feel intimidated at times because some of these callers call in with just hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in their retirement accounts and brokerage accounts. I know I have at least 30, if not 35 years before I retire, Is there any peace of mind that you can give that like, we're going to be okay?
1: (laughs) Yes, I absolutely can. First of all, you know, I know it, it can be daunting when you hear other people who are in really good financial shape and there's like that just a natural inclination to say, oh, I mean, I feel less than right you you can't help it but you are in a fantastic situation and what i mean by that is you're actually cognizant of financial matters which really does put you ahead of the vast majority of people out there then you have now gotten this debt paid off you have freed up the cash flow necessary to fund The things you want to do, i.e., you're funding your emergency reserve fund, you're funding your retirement. The weird thing about investing and saving is that it's just about forming habits. The hard part for someone like me, someone who used to be in the business of giving financial advice and just talking to people all the time, is that I can't force a habit. It's like saying, you know, you go to the gym the first time, let me, you're, you're, listen, you're, you're an athlete, right? people look at you and say, I'm never going to be like her. That's what they've, what's the first thing they're going to say. They're going to say, oh, look at that, Emily, man. She is such great shape. She is so strong. I'm never going to do that. And so the inclination is when I see someone like you, you know, running out in the neighborhood or, you know, in the gym is that, a uh, I don't even want to, I don't want to feel that left behind. So I'm going to do nothing. That's a very normal reaction. So I'm never going to be that. So I can't do it. But what I think your perspective might be, and I'll ask you that if you were giving someone advice about how do you get in shape? How do you do this? What would you tell me? What would the first step be?
0: You just got, you got to start, you got to start somewhere.
1: And you've got to stick to it. Mm -hmm. Part of financial planning success stories are all about starting And sticking to it. So, what I want you to hear from me this is your Aunt Jill talking that you have already started, you are sticking to it, you are actually putting yourself in the category of people that I'm going to hear from 20 years from now who who are going to come on the air and say look I didn't start with much you know I worked for a state system and we paid in and we did what we were supposed to do and little by little we have you know 17 kids we got them through college and life is good so i think that It's daunting when you hear someone who has millions of dollars. Listen, when I heard the guy on my other show who said, oh, I bought crypto and I now have $4 million in the bank, I was like, oh, my God, why didn't I do that? So you feel like a jerk for not having done that. And I'm going to flip it around and say to you, you are not a jerk. You are in great shape. You're doing what you should be doing. You've started. And now we just want to make this stick. We want you to now keep moving forward. Again, you don't have to live like a monk. You guys can have some fun and know that you're going to get there because you've done this. I actually say, think that this one year, it would be as if you said to me, like, let's just do little chunks. Let's like start by going one step at a time. And maybe the first step for you was, oh my God, I'm so upset we didn't have a wedding. And then it was like, well, we have the money in the bank. Now what? And you did little chunks. And I think if we can break this down into little chunks Fantastic. Your next little chunk is I want 20 grand in my emergency reserve fund. And then your next chunk is I want to max out my retirement account. And then all of a sudden it's going to be you're in a new job and you might have other choices and we'll figure out what those next steps are. But we're creating a plan that's flexible enough to grow with you. But the discipline that's necessary, the habit that you're forming, that's the key part of the process. And you're already there. So congratulations. You're already there feel better?
0: Yep, yeah, I feel way better.
1: <laughs> All right. What are you doing to work out these days?
0: Um, I actually built a really nice little home gym. And so I'm just kind of doing a matter of functional fitness stuff. But I did um, buy a concept to ERG. And that has been the, the key thing that I'm working with.
1: <laughs> so I was going to buy an ERG. I really was. But then I, I, I'm stuck. I did the, I'm on the bike. I do the bike a lot. So I, I, think heard those,
0: I, I heard those Peloton classes are really, really great and really fun.
1: <laughs> they are. They definitely are. But ERG could be my next thing. The concept too, is the one that everyone talks about. So now I'm taking your advice. So good. Thank you for giving me advice. <laughs> Emily, I wish you all the best. We're here for you if you need us. So if something's going on or you need a little friendly coaching nudge, you let us know. Okay.
0: Alrighty. Thank you.
1: Love that, Emily. Uh, again, if you don't have a ton of money, it can be intimidating to hear what other people have. But all we are here to do, all that Mark and I are trying to do is to help get your problem solved or your question answered. So send us an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. That is what Jessica did. Hey, Mark, uh, Jessica writes that she loves the show and she says it has helped me make sure that my retirement planning is on track. Now, she's got a, a question about financing a remodeling. You ready for this, Mark? Because this is the one you're going to pop in and help me answer these questions. So Jessica says she's planning a remodel and uh, the kitchen and the living room. The budget is 50 grand. By the way, I could spend 50 grand doing like nothing in my house, given how expensive raw materials are these days. Okay. She's got enough money in the brokerage account to cover the remodel cost and the capital gains taxes that would be due when she sells the assets in her brokerage account to pay for this remodel. She says, here's a question. Does it make more sense to do a home equity loan or a line of credit instead? I am not planning on selling this condo anytime soon. So that's the first question answered, right? Okay, here we go. The condo, 370 grand. She's got a mortgage balance, $220,000. And it's a 15-year mortgage, 2.75%. Oh my God. Uh, Jessica's got 30 grand in cash in her emergency reserve fund. She's got $130,000 in a brokerage account, could pay for the remodel. Most of the money's in stocks. Half of it hasn't paid any taxes on yet because she hasn't sold anything. She's been maxing out her 401k. She's got a bunch of money in there. That's good. Okay. So Mark, what do you want to do? You want to sell the stocks, pay the capital gains to fund the remodel, or you want to go the home equity route? What do you think? I think my initial thought is to go the home equity route. I think that the one factor here rates for home equity loans five to six percent. Five to six, yeah, but still less than probably what should be playing capital gains though. Good point. Right. So capital gains rate right now, if you're um if you're single, your capital gains rate is she didn't tell us how much money she makes. But let's say you're single. She didn't mention a spouse, so I'm going to say she's single. You're in the 15% capital gains rate if you make between 40,400 and 445,000. See? She'd have to pay a 15% capital gains tax on that asset. On the other hand, it's got that sweet low mortgage rate. So I don't know. I feel like, I think what you're going to have to do, Jessica, is this, that maybe I would look at two different things. One is I would look at the home equity loan rates and really shop it around. I also, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. I would look at a refi because she said she's not going to retire. She's not going to sell this place anytime soon. Do you, you hate the refi idea, Mark? Well, I'd go to a 30 Yeah, maybe go to a 30, stretch out the payments and then see how it goes. She's putting a thousand bucks a month away in the brokerage account. And she said, you know, she obviously would use that money to pay down the loan. She says she's got a relatively high risk tolerance, doesn't mind having debt that makes financial sense. What about splitting the difference and maybe taking a little out of the brokerage, maybe half of it out of the brokerage? Well, that's an interesting idea. That's an interesting idea. So take half out of the brokerage and then the other half in a home uh, in a home equity loan. You got to look at the home equity loan, but also look at a home equity line of credit. I think the home equity line of credit is going to be cheaper. The weird thing is that, you know, when you have a, a small-ish amount of money, the home equity line might be actually a better choice for you. So I say, I like that idea. I'm going to split the difference with Mark. I like that. Pay for half of it out of cash from the brokerage account. And maybe sell the stuff that you think is something you may not want to hold long term. And look, 15% capital gains isn't terrible. And then I want you to get pricing for a home equity loan and then also a home equity line of credit and see what we can come up with and write us back and tell us what the options are. But I I think the, the one thing that's clear is even with mortgage rates a little bit higher, the cost of money is awfully cheap right now. It really is. And, um, and especially when she said she doesn't mind having debt that makes financial sense. That's a, that's a concept that a lot of people can't get their heads around, but I like having your money also and available to you. You didn't tell us how old you are. You didn't tell us anything else, but it sounds like you're in good financial shape. So I like that advice, Mark. Good going. Okay, gang, that's it. That's the first show. That's the first CBS Eye on Money podcast. So, we're again, we're going to drop episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. In order to make sure that you hear every single program, we want you to follow us on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. And you won't miss an episode. Subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. And do check out our website, which is called JillOnMoney.com. That is where we would like you to send us your questions from, but you can always send us an email as well. You know, something that Mark and I started encouraging people to do on our sister broadcast called Jill On Money is... Is to make sure that you think of others so when we're talking about money and money podcasts it can be very I don't know um, you could really be looking inward and so we say on every program we really want to encourage you to try to lift somebody else up today just today one thing it might be a smile on the street it might be uh, doing something nice reaching out to somebody do something for someone else because it's gonna make that person feel better it's going to make you feel better Thank you so much for listening to the Eye on Money podcast, where we are sporting curiosity, compassion, and community. We'll talk to you on Thursday.